With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pelicans podcast. I'm Gus Kattengell. Glad you could join us on this Monday quarterfinal night, the inaugural NBA in-season tournament. The Pelicans will be in one of two games tonight, and there'll be two games on Tuesday. Kings, Pels, Lakers, Suns are the four teams that advanced out of the Western Conference. And over in the Eastern Conference, Bucks, Knicks, Pacers, Celtics. Let me set it up for you. Tonight, the second seed, Indiana, hosts the third seed, Boston. Then, the second-seeded Kings will host your third-seeded Pelicans. Top-seeded L.A. host Wild Card and the four-seed Phoenix tomorrow after the top-seed Bucks host the Wild Card and fourth-seeded New York Knicks. Now, back before the in-season tournament game was even played, the first one, Jonas Valanciunas had this to say about it. It's going to happen, you know, it's another trophy we can win and, you know, we, can, we have to do everything to, you know, be there. It's, you know, that's why we're here, to, to win some games. Plus, Jonas says, you know, back where he comes from, Europe, well, this is the norm. Back home, you know, there's different cups during the season. It's not just one trophy. So it's nice to see this here, too. And, you know, more and more, you know, games and, you know, trophies to win, it's better for the players. As for Zion Williamson, he feels that competing or winning this in-season tournament is something that can really help this team. The in-season tournament, I think that's a great stepping stone for us. Uh, like we haven't won anything, so I think that would be like a great stepping stone, not only for that, but just to see where we stand in terms of competing at a high level with something on the line. It's why he says he made sure to watch to make sure Dallas took care of Houston. I'll watch the game. I, I watched it. I wanted to make sure uh, Dallas did what they needed to. Um, so when we secured the spot, it was... All right, that's one step. Now we got to take the next step. And uh, like I said, we got to go out there and compete, and we got to get better at the small nuances before that game happens. As for Trey Murphy, who just returned to action recently, he's pumped about the tournament. Super excited. And this is going to be a test for us. It's going to show we're made of. And also we're getting really close to full strength now. So 
I really think this team can go really far, and I think this playoff atmosphere will help us, you know, down the road, you know, later on in the season as well as the playoffs. So it's simple. Win and you head to Vegas and face the winner of the Lakers-Suns game on Thursday. Lose, you will come back home on Friday and face the loser of the Lakers-Suns game play tomorrow. I think I live for stuff like that. Because uh, in those moments, it's, it's one of those, it ain't no tomorrow. We've got to figure this out right now. And uh, I think that's when you uh, see the best come out of people. All right, time to welcome in the man of the hour, or really, I guess, of the trip all the way out there in the West Coast, waking up, having breakfast with us, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning, Gus. It's great to be here. I got up a little earlier than I normally do, but not much. I think I was pretty fired up to uh, talk about this game and, and start preparing and head over to shoot around later, but I'm ready to go. I think a lot of people are excited as well for this one tonight against the Kings. Yeah, obviously a bit of a downer not being able to get that win in Chicago. It's just one of those games where guys that, you know, as the graph would say, score two points, wind up scoring double digits, and Kobe White hits eight threes and all of that. But you, you use the word fired up. And this team, let's not make any bones about it. The Pelicans are very happy to be in tonight's quarterfinal game against Sacramento, aren't they? They definitely are. I mean, I think this is one, something I talked to a couple guys after the game Saturday. Obviously, the result wasn't great. Um, Kobe White, like you mentioned, went crazy and got open for a few more threes than he probably should have based on the role that he was already on in the second half. But um, first of all, I talked to uh, Jose Alvarado and just asked him about the achievement of being in the final eight. Um, obviously, every team in the league had a chance to do this. The Pelicans are in the group in the West, along with Sacramento, Phoenix, and the Lakers. And and Jose just talked about, um, you know, what it means to the Pelicans to be here at this stage of the in-season tournament, as well as part of, partly what they expect in Monday night against Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we achieved, you know, we you know, we're happy that we made it first time ever, you know. You know, we're learning, I think, day by day about it every time, you know. Obviously, we advance, we learn. We, everybody's watching the games of, you know, Dallas and Houston. We won by, you know, if they would have won, it would have been points and stuff like that. So we're learning how the thing goes, and we're excited for it. But, um, you know, like I said, we got to take it day by day with this 20-man learn. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a new experience pretty much for everybody. I mean, going into it, I don't, I'm not sure what you're – expectations were or what you thought of the idea but having gone through at least so far to this point um what's your opinion of just uh, participating in it and just the impact that it's kind of made on this, the regular season so far? i mean i think they bring playoffs playoff expectation earlier you know i think it's something that, that i think they're trying to bring to the game so we you know i think everybody's taking like that and you know um you know you keep winning you you play the teams that you know they same other pool tough teams so you know, uh, we're trying to win. I'm trying to uh, win every game we can in that tournament. All right, Jim, and also it's not just Jose that's uh, stoked about it. See, even a, a rookie player that's never been in this. Look, we've never – this is the inaugural NBA in-season tournament for the NBA Cup. But uh, Jordan Hawkins also, I guess, understanding this, right? I mean, it, it's very similar to March Madness. He won an Addy at UConn. Yeah, Gus, you know, I guess we're all in-season tournament rookies if you look at it that way. Um, we're all going through this for the first time. You know, I'm glad you mentioned his him in winning the national championship because that's actually specifically why I kind of wanted to track him down Saturday after the game, regardless of how the game went, because his recent experience in March and April was winning the national title for UConn. He was fantastic. He was the most outstanding player in the West Regional. And then in the Final Four, he played really well. 
in addition to that. So, and coincidentally, this was something I didn't realize until I talked to him Saturday. He actually made the final four in Las Vegas in T-Mobile arena. So UConn elite eight win over, I think it was, I, I forget who it was against, but uh, Gonzaga, he had a really good game and he played in that same venue. So he mentioned, this isn't in the clip, but he mentioned to me how he's looking forward to going back there and how it's going to bring back some memories for him as far as being on that court and he played so well and obviously something that he'll remember for the rest of his life that he was in Las Vegas in that building. And that was how UConn got to the final four. They absolutely destroyed a bunch of teams, which in, in the tournament, which is unusual. You usually don't see somebody win a bunch of games by 20, 30 points the way that they did. But he was just saying, you know, he wants to go back to, I guess it was about eight months ago, nine months ago in March when they were in that same arena and he wants to be able to go back there and kind of repeat the success that he had as a team um, and individually. Um, but in this clip, Jordan also talks about just the accomplishment of the Pelicans winning the group. You know, it's funny. I, I mentioned how we're all in-season in tournament rookies to some extent. He talks about, um, you know, their division that they're in. Officially, we're, we call them groups. So the Pelicans won Group B, which included, you know, Dallas, Denver. They had great wins against them. They had a really good road win against the Clippers. And then their one loss was against Houston. But Jordan talks about how, you know, it is, a, it is kind of a nice feather in the cap of the Pelicans that they were in a group that I think a lot of people thought maybe was the best, most difficult one, and they were the, the team that ended up in first place. Yeah, 3-1 overall. Here's what Hawkins had to say. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm definitely a great uh great start. And I think to be honest with you, I think we had like the best one of the best like four teams. I think we were in the best bracket or the best division. Yeah. I yeah. think we had, we are the best one. So let's win our division with teams like the Mavs, uh Denver and the Rockets in it. So that's that's really good. I think that we could um look at that as a it's a, it's a good sign for us, huh? You know, we, we mentioned the NCAA tournament here, and, and I know Duke's run when Zion was there wasn't probably as long as he would have liked here as well, but I thought it was very interesting. At the beginning of the podcast, I used the 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 clip of him talking about that quote. I think he said, 
he lives for moments like this because they, you can't replicate this pressure, Jim. You can put mm-hmm. five seconds on the clock. Coach Willie Green can say you're down by four, things of that nature. But I think in this kind of atmosphere you're going to have tonight against a team like this that you just recently beat twice, knowing that you can go to Vegas and it's kind of a big deal to go into the semifinals, and it is a winner go home. I think you're either built for it or not. And I think it's interesting that Zion Williamson says I, he's looking forward to this. He loves moments like this. And uh, it's about trying to grow this team for April. And this can sure. go a long way in doing that, huh? Yeah, I'm curious to that point to see how some of the younger guys react. I think if you look at the Pelicans roster overall, you see a few veterans here and there that have been in a a, a reasonable amount of pressure situations. Larry Nance Jr. has been to the NBA Finals. Jonas Valanciunas has been on some deep playoff runs, whether it was with Toronto or Memphis. I think he made the playoffs a couple times. CJ McCollum has been in the Western Conference Finals. So I think those guys, this isn't really anything new to them. But the Pelicans do have, as everyone knows, a vast array of guys that are in their first, second, and third year who a lot of them haven't been in the playoffs before, or if they were, it was just the first-round series in 2022. And then the play-in game in – last uh, April against Oklahoma city. So I think it's going to be a great experience. I mean, hopefully it's more than just one game and hopefully they win tonight and they can carry this into Thursday and then hopefully Saturday as well. But I do think to, to your point that this is going to be only beneficial in terms of just the, the ability to perform in a situation where I know it's going to be fun. And I'm curious to see the way that people, try to what what context people put this in because it's not the playoffs, you know, it's not the NBA finals. It's not necessarily, you know, like the NCAA tournament pressure either, but it is definitely one of those things where everybody's watching. I mean, one of the things I like about this stage of the in-season tournament is whatever game is played in the knockout round, it's the only game going on. So tonight I feel like everyone across basketball in the NBA is going to be watching Boston versus Indiana at 6.30, and then the Pelicans game at 9. So this 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 is going to be fun just to see the way that they react. And and I also think specifically to the Pelicans, too, they need to play better on the road and, and clean up some of the problems that they've had lately there. Yeah, no doubt. And I think regardless of a win or a loss, you're, you're going to face a Lakers or Suns team, right? I mean, regardless, right. if you win, yeah. you're going to play the winner of Lakers-Suns. If you lose, you're going to play the loser of Lakers-Suns. So this week you're getting that extra game against those two teams. And the reason why I say that is you haven't played them yet. And obviously we all know with the Lakers, that's a team that's aspiring to be a championship caliber team. You haven't played them yet this season. Mm-hmm. And with the Suns, I know they're still waiting to kind of see what they're going to be like with Beal, but that is a dynamic offense and team with Booker and with Durant. And that's again, another little taste. And I don't know if you're going to face these teams in the postseason. and obviously you're going to get to play them more in the regular season, but any extra game in an atmosphere like that would be big. And look, if it, you obviously want to win, but if you don't win, we're playing Friday against one of those two teams here at the Blender. So fans mm-hmm. are going to get a chance to see that worst case scenario where you lose. If you win, we're going to get to watch them play on there. So I don't know, Jim, is it a bonus to have an extra game against one of those two teams that likely will be contending for a playoff spot or be in the postseason? Yeah, I think it is. And you know, it's funny. I feel like there's, I don't know if I want to call it a subplot or a subhead of the story this week, but it is interesting to think about um, the focus big time is on the in-season tournament. You want to advance as far as you can, but kind of a layer underneath that, if you think about it, is these other three teams that are in the West that made it this far, 
and the Pelicans are going to play the Kings tonight. And then one of the other two, like you said, the Pelicans are only one game or one and a half games behind all three of those. So not only is this a, is this a chance to hopefully get to Las Vegas, but in the standings overall that are going to keep adding up and going to continue to be tabulated this week, this is an opportunity for the Pelicans to gain ground and maybe pass some of those teams by winning a couple games. And um, if they make it to Saturday, that game doesn't count in the regular season standings, but tonight does. And or Friday, if it is Friday against the Lakers or the Suns or Thursday, mm -hmm. um, these games all count. So that's one of the things that, that I'm looking at as well is just that these are teams that are right near you in the West. And so it's obvious that you want to win to advance, but it's also important. And these games also are going to count in the season series as well. So, I mean, I hadn't even really thought of this until literally just now, but the Pelicans can clinch the season series against Sacramento if they yeah. win tonight because they're going to end up playing five games and this would be their third win against them. Who knows? That could factor in as well when we get down to March and April. No doubt. Tiebreakers for sure. One of the other things I think that's interesting, we talk about subplots here as well. Look, we we all wish that Larry Nance wouldn't be out a couple of weeks here with, a, with an injury. But for the most part, C.J. McCollum, right, is going to be joining the team tonight. You expect mm -hmm. him to play. Trey is back. We saw him play on Friday. Um, so when you start looking at this right now, as we look at it on the 4th of December, I, would you say the Pels are about as healthy as they've been since the start of the season? Yes, definitely. And to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, um, the vast majority of the time during the season, there's one other person that does the injury report, but I – I compiled the injury report most of the time. And so I did it yesterday as well. And it was funny when I got the email that lists the official injury report, I was like, there's only two guys on here. Am I, am I missing? Is like, is there supposed to be a second email that has other names? Right. So to, to your point, um, they definitely are at that stage where it's like, this might be the healthiest they've been and the closest they've been to full strength. Uh, Matt Ryan is also out in addition to Larry Nance jr. Um, so they still do have two guys that I think are key contributors, whether it's what Nance does as a backup center or Matt Ryan's shooting that was super valuable in the first few weeks of the season. But it is exciting to see the injury list get shorter and shorter. I feel like at one point, not that long ago, there were six or seven guys on there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everyone is looking forward to having Trey Murphy for his second game tonight of the season and then having CJ McCollum back as well after he was out Saturday. So um, having all of those guys, we saw a little bit this Friday in the game against the Spurs too, having all of these guys that are having all of their top four or five scorers on the court together, isn't something that's happened so far. But when you look at the talent and potential of this team mm -hmm. and we're here in the first week of December, it, it really is exciting to me to think about what they can become when they just have more time together. All right, so let's break down and get a little bit, I guess, for some fans that are listening to to get some ideas of what to look for in tonight because you've played them twice already, and there were different games, right? There were different games. Sure. How they came out to be. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the Pelicans can have success or have had success with Sacramento, and I think Jonas has, be, has been key. Jonas has already had, I think, a really good start to this season. How yes. key is he tonight? And did you see Sacramento kind of adjust that second game when they played him back-to-back with what Jonas could do. Cause I, I kind of feel like he had his way with Sabonis in the first mm -hmm. game, second game, still a guy that can go in there. I think Zion, per, you know, has a, a size advantage there as well. So what do you expect from Sacramento to counter based on the first two games they played? Yeah, I think specific to Jonas, I mean, he outplayed Sabonis in the first matchup and across the board, the Pelicans were great. They won that first game by 36. 
Second game did come down to clutch time, but the Pelicans won again. I think for Jonas, a lot of it against for him against DeMontis Sabonis is really just playing him somewhat evenly. I mean, Sabonis is probably the Sacramento's most important player or second most important yeah. player behind De'Aaron Fox. So if you can neutralize him and, and put up similar numbers to him, you have a really good chance of beating Sacramento. You don't want to have a big disadvantage at that spot, obviously. Um, so I think that's one of the big things. I mean, overall, in general, one of the biggest themes I think of tonight is the home road part of these two teams has been really significant in terms of Sacramento's six and two at home, one of the best home teams in the league and specifically in the Western Conference. Pelicans have been playing great at home as well, but they've only won one road game over the last few weeks, the game on Black Friday against the Clippers. So yes, the Pelicans did great against Sacramento at home, but now can they carry that over to, I think, an atmosphere that, you know, we mentioned earlier, we talked with the players that they think it's going to be really intense and kind of a playoff level um, atmosphere in the arena. So in Golden One Center. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things is which can we see, you know, 70, 80 percent of the the home Pelicans that we've seen lately, because I think if they can play like that, um, they have a really good chance to win. The 36 point game against Sacramento was probably a little bit of an aberration, but still, I mean, Sacramento has been 500 on the road, much better at home. Um, you would think that they'll prob probably play better here than they did in the two games in New Orleans. But I agree with what you had mentioned too, that I do think that this is a pretty good matchup for the Pelicans, partly because the Kings have very versatile forwards, but, and I guess we could say this about a lot of teams in the NBA, they don't really have a great matchup for Zion defensively. Right. They just don't have the bulk in the size for him. And Sabonis isn't going to guard him either. He's occupied with Jonas a lot of the game. So um, hopefully the Pelicans can take advantage of some of the specific areas where they do have an edge. No, another stat that I looked up to Pelicans won rebounding 103 to 74 in the two games against Sacramento. So if you get any semblance of that kind of rebounding advantage, that'll be another thing that gives the Pelicans a great chance to, to win tonight. What's interesting too, is that you bring up that, that rebound advantage. I wasn't going to use this to go with that, but they all kind of run together, Jim, but the Kings didn't face CJ McCollum or Trey Murphy, right? So you add those two guys to the lineup that adds offense. But to my point and to what you're bringing up too, they do rebound and they did a really good job with the, with the length and the size of Dyson and Herb against De'Aaron Fox in that first game. They had just a bit better in that second, but mm -hmm. we kind of maybe tend to forget. Yes, he can dunk, he can shoot the three, but Trey Murphy's defense that we saw on Friday and his length and how he can affect this. So now you're looking at De'Aaron Fox maybe facing multiple guys that are about his size, if not longer and bigger, that constantly can be thrown at him. And he has to guard, right? Because you have to guard CJ McCollum. You have to guard mm -hmm. Trey Murphy. You have to guard Jordan Hawkins. You have to guard these guys that can shoot as well. So that's an interesting addition to this matchup that we haven't seen this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, I think Fox had one of his worst games of the season in the first game against New Orleans, just shot really poorly, turned the ball over. Like you said, though, the Pelicans, another thing to look forward to beyond just overall having the whole group together is the kind of defensive players that the Pelicans can put on the floor. Dyson Daniels has had a great start defensively to the season. Herb's taken his defensive game to another level, I think, a lot of people already are kind of trying to push him into the all defense first team conversation. So you're right. Having Trey in the mix as well, gives them another guy with length. Um, the Kings specifically beyond Fox, I think Keegan Murray, uh, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, 
they have some guys that that you would kind of describe as wing players that you need to have good defensive players to match up against them. And the Pelicans definitely have that with some of the guys that I just mentioned as far as versatile defenders who have length and can and do good stuff against talented opponents. So I think one of the other aspects of it here is what, what guy or what player maybe can kind of step up here in, in this matchup, huh? and then we'll get to a player to watch for the week and a player yeah. but that, that was weak. But in these different matchups, is there always you know a guy that we don't know? Or as Graf would say, a Pelican killer for them. Who could be a Kings killer for us tonight? Yeah, I think um, – you mean from the Pelican side, a Kings killer? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think – Another, you know, another guy who didn't play in the first matchup against Sacramento was Jose Alvarado. You mentioned CJ and Trey were were out as well. Um, I think he might be a guy that could be a king killer. I like that term, by the way, king killer. Um, yeah, I think he could he could factor in this as well. Another guy, you know, we talked about the defense against Fox. He's going to be another guy. You would think Jose will be out there hounding De'Aaron Fox and making him work for everything, and hopefully you know, in the parts of the game where De'Aaron Fox is like, oh man, I got this guy now in, in my face, you know, chasing me 94 feet up the court that you, maybe you can tire him out. And, right. and like I said, just make him work for everything more. Um, And hopefully that'll have an effect over the course of the game. So I'm going to go with Jose Alvarado as, as a potential under the radar King killer. I love that. All right. So let's take a look at a player that maybe had the best performances over the last couple of games. I know you love to put this over on social media here as well as it's a poll of who was this week's player of the week. Who'd you go with? Yes. The, I try to put these out on Monday morning so people can vote on who the, their player of the week was for the previous week. So for week six, and as we record this, it's still pretty early Monday morning, but um, Zion Williamson has 45% of the votes so far. Um, Jonas Val- Valanciunas at 29% is second. Uh, Zion averaged 24.5 points in the four games. Jonas averaged 10.3 rebounds. I don't want to get into all of the stats because Jonas had a bunch of other good stuff too, as far as scoring and field goal percentage and, and that kind of thing. Um, but those are two of the guys. Uh, Brandon Ingram was another option. He averaged 19.3 points. Herb Jones, 1.8 steals. All of those guys did a lot of good stuff in the wins against the Sixers and the Spurs. Um, but so far, Zion is the leader. I, To be honest with you, and I've half-jokingly complained about this, you can't – they still won't let you vote on your in your own polls on X. But I think if I had to cast a vote, I probably would have gone with Jonas just because I feel like he's been so valuable in a lot of these games. And as you mentioned earlier, he's off to a great start this season. See, here I thought you were the one that taught Kevin Durant to have all these different burner accounts, you know, so <laughs> vote on your own poll. Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I yeah, you're right. I guess I should use one of my 14 burner accounts and right. I can vote on my own poll. But I don't want to you know, I don't want to do voter interference. I want to have election integrity. So I guess it's probably better that I didn't. Yeah, vote. On yeah there you go. You can be um, you can be Tim Eipenhofer or something, <laughs> you know, something of that nature. Oh, um, yes. What about a player to watch this week? I know we kind of touched on it for this game mm-hmm. at Jose Alvarado, but you're going to have at least one more game on Thursday or Friday. And, you know, then you get back into your regular schedule from that aspect of it. Right. But who who do, who do you got? Yeah, a lot of times I do pick a player to watch for the f- upcoming week based on matchups. But obviously we only have one matchup that we know for sure. So that was a little bit more difficult. However, what made it actually pretty easy for me to make a decision on this was, I mean, I think everyone 
the vast majority of people, if I put out there, who's the player that you're most interested to watch this week, they would pick Trey Murphy based on he he's only has the one game Friday under his belt so far this season. And I think everyone is excited to see what kind of step that he's going to make in his third season. He made a, a massive jump in year two. He was seventh in most improved player voting, which I actually thought he could have been higher than that. But I think a lot of his biggest jumps happened in the last couple months of the season where after people had already kind of decided upon, okay, this is who I'm going to vote for, for most improved player. But either way, um, just watching him in the two or three games that they play this week against Sacramento and then some combination of the Phoenix, Phoenix and Lakers. And then hopefully one of the teams in the East on Saturday, um, just, just really happy to see him back on the court and can't wait to see what kind of stuff he he does in the way he plays. And now that he's finally back on the court, and I, I know people are have been thinking about this really probably since the moment that he was injured, just to see not only what he can do individually, but just how he meshes with the team and how he benefits other guys around him, especially Zion, in terms of the spacing that he provides. Yeah, I mean, you saw it on Friday, the reaction, not only with this team, what he meant to this team, and then the fan base really get into it. Well, Jim, I'm going to, well, I'd like to take a nap, but I'm not going to be able to. I guess you can here as well. It's going to be a 9 p.m. tip time here in New Orleans, but I think it's a cool atmosphere, man. As we close up, is there a sense that this is kind of a, a bigger thing over there? Because I, I yeah. think fans here are really excited. I think it is. I think it's going to be more evident maybe when I go over to shoot around here in a little bit and see what it's like in the arena. I was actually a little bit surprised that, but under the circumstances, probably maybe shouldn't have been that surprised. There isn't that much signage as far as the in-season tournament in Sacramento around the arena. We're staying right next door. So I can almost look out my window and see golden one center from here. But I think part of it is that they had a home game on Saturday. And then a lot of, as everybody knows that a lot of people are off Sunday. So I think as an organization, I'm sure that they're gearing up right now as we speak and getting the arena ready. But um, I do think, especially for a team in a franchise that, as ev everyone knows, went through a long stretch. They went through 16, 17 years without making the playoffs. And the atmosphere in the playoffs last year in their first round series against Golden State was awesome. Like even on TV, you could tell how much fun it was and how loud it was and how excited people were. So, yeah. you know, I think we're going to see some semblance of that. And even in their their win last week against the Warriors where they got into the um, in-season tournament by beating them, it felt like a playoff game, again, just watching it on TV. Yeah. So um, I'm interested to see what it's going to be like tonight. I think – I mean, no one really knows it's, it, as far as what, what this is going to look like in terms of, you know, it's kind of the playoffs. It's in, in December. It's kind of – you know, I wrote about this a little bit. I mentioned, like, should we start calling – should we call this December Madness? <laughs> now that we're at the single elimination winner go home part of it. So, but I do think that for me personally, I think it's going to be exciting tonight. And I think the players as well are expecting this to be really loud and something resembling a playoff game. All right. Jim Eichenhofer, I do miss being across from you, but at least I, I still get to see you here via Zoom. Enjoy the road trip out there. And hopefully it continues and we can talk about the wild nights that you don't sleep in when you guys <laughs> go over to Vegas. I was going to say, Gus, I look forward to seeing you in person on Wednesday, but that's actually not the case. I hope to not see you in person until a week from today when the Pelicans play the Timberwolves back in New Orleans. And that I will have spent an entire week yes. um, in Sacramento and then in Las Vegas 
just tearing the place apart in, oh, I'm sure. in Sin no City. I mean, Vegas totally. hasn't seen anything like you. Okay. Right. And I don't want to let you down either, so I'm going to I'm going to deliver. Yeah. Hopefully we can I can come through on that promise for you. Yeah. I got kid birthday parties. I got all that other stuff I got to do this week. So yeah, I mean, I will be living vicariously through you. So thank you for your time. Excellent. Thank you. Yep, for sure. Go ahead and make sure you follow Jim Eichenhofer over on X or Twitter, Jim underscore Eichenhofer, and of course, pelicans.com. Jim's going to be following the team throughout and throughout the season. Always go there as Jim puts all kinds of stuff up there from his five things to exclusive interviews and all of that nature. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Gus. And thank you, as always, for tuning us in and catching another edition of the Pelicans Podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.